Welcome to Ed Talks, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations about public education and related issues that impact our young people. Each Ed Talks features two compelling, short presentations by cutting-edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, or community leaders. Ed Talks is supported by a generous grant from the Bush Foundation. This Ed Talk is titled, Let's Talk About Race in School. Our featured speaker is Derek Francis. Derek is a passionate and experienced school counselor who approaches his work from a proactive and equity-based space. He currently serves as the manager of counseling services for Minneapolis Public Schools, where he specializes in helping students and staff build trusting cross-cultural relationships. He has presented at conferences throughout the country, including the American School Counselors Association, Minnesota School Counselors Association, Texas School Counselors Association, and Wisconsin School Counselors Association. He recently led a webinar of over 20,000 U.S. counselors and educators on proactive school counseling after a major racial incident. Derek's published work includes contributions to contemporary case studies in school counseling, a recent blog entitled This Is Not a Fire Drill, Supporting Students After George Floyd, and articles for the American School Counselors Association and American School Board Journal. In this Ed Talk, Derek will talk about the critical importance of talking about race in our classrooms and offer some strategies on how to do it right. This virtual Ed Talk was live streamed online on February 8th, 2021. That's right, I'm Derek Francis and I am the manager of counseling services for Minneapolis Public Schools. I've been a school counselor for nine years. And one fun fact about me is that the first time I saw a school counselor that was African-American, I was 26 years old. And so I'm a huge advocate for us making sure that we empower our students to know they can go into school counseling. Uh, also, uh, during my time at North High School, I was part of an amazing team that helped transform uh, North High School, increasing its graduation rates over four years. Uh, and you see some of the photos there. And then also my daughter is in the picture there. I love her, her name's Grace, and she's a huge inspiration for why I do this work. So today we're going to talk uh, a little bit about how to address racial incidents in your school. And so uh, here are some key things for today's session. We're gonna learn strategies to proactively address and reduce racism and discrimination in schools. We're also going to understand a little bit about race, privilege, and bias, and how it impacts our relationships with colleagues in the community. And last, we're gonna learn some strategies so that you feel empowered, have a sense of direction of things that you can do uh, to support your students and other colleagues uh, when racial incidents happen in your building. And so I wanna begin, uh, I shared with you that I worked at North High in Minneapolis. Uh, I also then transitioned to Champlin Park High School after my time at North. Uh, and so Champlin Park is a school that I actually went to as a student. Uh, I played sports, I made connections with many students and teachers. And so now when I went there, I was on the other side. I uh, was now working with teachers that I had. Uh, and now I was not the student, I was actually an educator. And so when I was there at Champlin Park as a student, uh, I actually had seen acts of racism. And so when I was coming back as a staff, uh, I had heard, uh, even during my interview, I asked questions because I heard about racial incidents that were going on in the school. My second year at Champlin Park as a school counselor, there was a racial incident that could not be avoided. On the ride to a volleyball game, one of the white students on the team 
recorded herself singing a song, and in that song she's using racist language. Well, that recording makes social media. Students throughout the building hear and see the video. And we're talking about a very large school, 3,000 students. Many of the students felt hurt. They felt upset, unheard, at the inconsistency of how events were being handled. And so the students responded. Take a look at this video. Last Friday, we were shown that racism still exists within Champlain Park. Snap, don't clap. Racism is ignorance. Racism is not only about consequences, but about education and justice. Today we are here to present how many people were impacted by this issue. Don't leave only for the consequence of what might come out of it. That is not the only intention behind this. But use this opportunity to educate the ignorant, the people that don't know, the people that don't understand. And so, uh, after seeing a video where students are sharing and responding, I think it's important for us to think about why, for a time like this, it's important to have these conversations. And so it's important because our country is becoming more diverse. Our schools, our communities, have more people from different diverse backgrounds, which is beautiful, that's awesome. Also though, we have to be aware that there's been an increase in racial incidents in our schools and in our communities. Uh, and so you see, we. Right here in Minneapolis, Twin Cities, we watch community, uh, as a community, we watch George Floyd murdered. And that hurt. That brought out so many conversations around race and trying to get a better understanding around racism and microaggressions and bias. Also, we saw conversation around race come up during politics and during the insurrection around the attire that was being worn and the messaging. Uh, from, the, from those that took part in the insurrection. And when these events happen, it impacts your school environment. Students are showing up repeating things that they saw in the news. They're repeating things that are heard at home. And it's really important for us to make sure that we're creating a safe environment where students come to learn and feel supported and valued. And also it's important to have these conversations because oftentimes staff don't feel prepared. They don't know what to say. They say, hey, I'm here, I'm a math teacher. I'm not sure what to say. I, I, I just want to teach my content. And that's often met with just silence. And our students feel that silence. This next part, I want you to take a look at this picture. And as I shared with you about George Floyd and his murder, you gotta imagine now, let's make this real. Someone lost their only begotten son. We have students who live on this very block. Every day they walk by here, it's a reminder, the trauma. So this is just a picture for some of us, you see it here and there, but for those in the community, it's a daily reminder. 
hearing helicopters, smelling the smoke during that time, all those triggers for students. The George Floyd events made people begin to really reflect on where they stand on issues of race. And so it's important that as we talk about race and racism in our country and in schools that we look at the history of our country because that has tremendously shaped uh, how people view each other, how they view racism. Uh, and so we have to be aware of just the creation of racism in our country, how it separated people, Begin understand the concept of slavery and seeing people as less than, three-fifths of a human being. And then after that, then there's Jim Crow laws and segregation. And then thinking also now about how that impacts our communities, how they're set up. You see there in the map, uh, Minneapolis and the redlining that happened. Uh, and that divides neighborhoods along racial lines. And so you gotta think also, schools being segregated throughout our country. And so think about the social climate. You have a time in our, in our country's history where socially bringing students together in a school was met with so much resistance, massive resistance, where people are seen picketing and saying, we don't want students here of different races. We wanna keep our schools white. There was even districts, there's a district in Virginia that decided, you know what, We're, we would rather shut down the entire district than integrate. So it's important that you think about those social impacts of the community, how people are seeing each other as they're navigating the spaces together. So now let's take a look at this slide, because we talked about uh, just getting an understanding of racism in our country and how, it's, how we've gotten to this point now. And we gotta look now here in Minnesota, what that looks like in our schools. This past summer, many students throughout Minnesota shared about the racism they had experienced in schools. Students shared stories of words that were said to them in the hallways. They talked about the times where people brushed off or avoided the things that they shared with their teachers about what they had experienced. So many times when these things happen, staff don't feel prepared to have the conversation. They sometimes dismiss students when they're sharing real issues, real pains that they've experienced, real words they've heard. It's important for us to not dismiss how students are feeling. It's important for us to have this conversation and recognize that this is really happening right here in our own state. And so it's important to understand how racism shows up in our schools. 59% of hate incidents that occurred in schools were related to race or ethnicity. Also, these events are happening in all the common spaces in schools. So uh, a lot of the incidents occur in the hallways, or in the bathrooms, even the classroom. And it happens in a variety of ways. So sometimes it could be on social media, it could be on art, it could be on uh, bathroom stalls. It can also sometimes even be uh, said verbally. So it's important for us to know that these things are happening in our schools. And how are we showing up? and addressing it. So let's take a look at this list. And this is a short list of racial incidents in Minnesota over the past four years. Let's look at the different type of incidents. What things are being said. How those words may be landing on students. How they're hearing this on a daily basis. And this is just what's been reported or made social media or the news. Now, let's take a look at a video where fourth graders are sharing about some of the things they've heard in school.
The lie. Muslims are terrorists. Black boys are bad. Girls are not athletic. Latinos can't speak English well. Chechens are a bad influence on others. Africans aren't smart. Asians can't play sports. All black people are thieves. People from Mexico bring nothing good. I'm too pretty to be Togolese. The lie. All white people are racist. The truth. I'm white and I'm not racist. I care for people who are of another race. I may have brown skin, but I'm the same as you. If you test me, I will succeed. And you underestimate me by the color of my skin? I'm tired of the hurtful words. Latinos like me can speak English well. They are learning, doing their best. Have you learned a second language? It's hard. And yet, people yell at Latinos because they don't understand what they are saying. Why? Why do they say that? Why do they? What did I ever do to you to make you judge me and say that? You should know, not all Muslims are terrorists. But you push me down just to pull yourself up. You use lies to make me feel like that's what I really am. Like I really am a thief. But I know I'm not a thief because I still am just like you. So you shouldn't judge me or people like me. So why are you judging them? You don't know them. So stop the lies. Don't let the others brainwash you. Those negative words are a noisy room full of rumors. I just want to cover my ears and just forget. What is the truth? I know the truth. The truth that lies in my heart. The truth about black boys. I am black. This is me. The lie about black boys that I don't believe in. And I know it's not the truth. Because the truth that is real is my truth. Girls can definitely be athletic. I am Asian. I play soccer. I can be pretty and be togolese. Beautiful people come from all over the world. I am Latino and I can speak English. I'm not a thief. I've never stolen anything. I'm not a terrorist, so think again. I am black. I am not aggressive. I would not harm anyone. Everybody deserves equal rights. Everybody deserves respect for who they are. Racist people don't believe these things. I'm not one. I am you. So where do these lies come from? Because I've heard them before as an educator in school and even as a student. I remember in grad school uh, when I would go into the dining hall or even just walking around on campus, people would walk up to me and say, hey, good game last night. Or, hey, you must be on the basketball team. Uh, and I'm just sitting there like, just because I'm a tall black dude doesn't mean uh, I have to be on the basketball team. I'm here getting a master's. I think it's important to just be mindful that can I not look the way I look and wear a hat or a chain and be a school counselor? Uh, I don't always want to have to feel like uh, my physical being has to be an athlete uh, or some type of performer. I want to be an educator. I want students to see me and say, hey, that's what a school counselor looks like too. It's important for us to examine, do a reflection, an audit of ourselves and what things play a factor into how we do life with people who are different from us, people of different backgrounds. So it's important to think about what, are the message, what were the messaging you got growing up? What were some things that you were told about people that were from different backgrounds? What were the news outlets that you were watching and the messaging you were told? Maybe it was also places you went, like church. What did your church look like? What were the communities you lived in? Were there a lot of people from different backgrounds, different races, uh, or was it predominantly people who looked the same? 
what were the written and unwritten rules about talking about race? Was it okay to talk about race, but not talk about someone who was gay or lesbian? What were some of the things that you all didn't talk about around about certain neighborhoods? Did you say that neighborhood, hey, let's not go to that neighborhood, let's lock our doors there, or what would you consider the good neighborhoods? So it's important for us to be aware of those biases that we have. And I have to be honest and vulnerable about biases that I had growing up, assumptions I made about people. Uh, and I remember my first year working as a school counselor, I had to work through biases I had around uh, Asian American students. I had the bias of thinking that Asian American students were always going to do well and were like the smartest kids, always great at math. And you know what, those assumptions got in the way of me supporting students who really did need academic support. And so I have to be honest and real and vulnerable about doing that audit, doing my own work. And I really encourage you all to do that work on your own too. So it's important for us to be honest and do an audit for ourselves. What could be your tough spot? Sometimes it could be race. Some people it could be someone's sexual orientation. Sometimes it could be politics, especially thinking about this previous election. What biases did you have towards people that voted differently for you? And now we gotta make this personal because I have a daughter. Those of us with kids, our kids are watching us. They're listening and seeing what we're saying. They're hearing these things that people in the community are saying. I have a 19-month-old daughter and she's already experienced racism from within her own family. And I know it can be hard to speak up because oftentimes no one wants to ruin dinner. So then people make excuses and say, you know what, well, they had good intention or they didn't mean it like that. But it's important for us to realize that the impact, the hurt of what we do really influences how someone feels, how connected we are to other people, and how our communities thrive. So we can't be neutral. We can no longer hear racism, see discrimination and bias, and hear microaggressions and not do anything. You can't be in between. It's not like uh, opinion thing. It's not like uh, pizza toppings. <laughs> you have to be really straightforward on doing this work. It's also important for us to highlight and understand that racism impacts students and children at a very young age. Racism is an adverse childhood experience. Racism carries so much negative experiences and feelings and emotions that oftentimes go unaddressed. There's even times where people get into college and they're experiencing these same feelings and traumas and isolations and feeling unheard when they want to share about racism they experience either at school or in their community, being pushed down so many times when they try to say, hey, this really did happen to me. It can become draining. And I've even experienced it as an employee. I remember when I was at Champlain Park. I loved being there. It was the school I went to. I graduated from, I knew the staff. But there was always that part of me that knew they don't fully understand what it's like being here and seeing the racism go on in our building and not seeing it handled appropriately or addressed in a way that's really reflecting our community and its values. It's hard and can be draining being one of the few educators of color in a building. So now what do we do? Now this is, this is the exciting part where we know these issues are going on in our country. And us as educators, we have an awesome opportunity to show up for our students and create space to start having these 
really needed dialogues. We've addressed some of the issues in our schools around racism, and now I want to offer some strategies. It's important that we don't just sit and admire the problem. Let's take action. We have a part to play. Let's be proactive. And so starting off, it's important to have an actual plan for if racial incidents happen in your school. Don't wait for the events to happen and then scramble for things you can do. Think of it as how you prepare for a fire drill. Schools oftentimes plan for fire drills and prepare and do drills three times throughout the year. I've been working as a counselor for nine years and I maybe had one fire in a building. But I've had many racial incidents occur. So let's start planning, having actual strategies, having preventative measures in place to avoid these racial incidents. It may not be the same damage as a physical fire, but the emotion, the pain of emotional hurt from racial incidents need to be tended to. Next, it's important to examine your school's climate and culture. Have you had incidents occur in the past? What are things you're hearing and seeing in the community? What are things that are happening on social media? And then the other thing, I'll talk more about this coming up, how can you be proactive? How can we get ahead of it? How can we teach some strategies and lessons and skills for students to build cross-cultural relationships? It's important when having dialogue around race in your school that you take a multi-tiered approach. One way you can do that is through your school handbook. In Minneapolis Public Schools, we decided to create a lesson that went along with the school handbook when we're talking about racism and bias and different acts in school that are not appropriate and hurt. In Minneapolis Public Schools, we've made it a priority to talk about race and ethnicity and culture with students. We've been very intentional. One way we're doing that is through our social identity wheel. We had students talk about their different identities. We also asked them to talk about which identities are most important to them, which ones they don't feel that they have really shared or dove into as much, which identities that they don't think other people in school know about. And then we also asked students to share the identities that they had in common. We did that as an opportunity for students to build relationships Right at the beginning, we addressed it. We talked about it. We wanted students to know this is a safe space to talk about your identity. At the elementary level, we're going to have all students read the book called The Color of Us. And in that book, we're going to talk to students about the different shades of skin tone that, that are represented in the classroom. But we're also going to help them know that each tone, each shade, it's beautiful. Your brown is beautiful. That shade that you are is awesome. That peachy skin is awesome. Helping them know and see you're awesome the way you are and empowering them. The other thing that we're uh, making sure to do is talk to students when racial incidents occur. So finding space for them to know different terms around what protest means and what's an election or what does racism look like. And we're going to teach them strategies to be an ally. We want to make sure that children have the words to call out racism and discrimination in schools. So those are just some strategies that we plan to use in Minneapolis. I really hope that you're able to use some strategies in the school building that you're at to help create a more inclusive environment. Thanks so much for checking out today's session. And I hope that you're able to find some of these strategies helpful as you're supporting your building. Check out different events that are going on throughout your community 
And also check out uh, some of the professional development opportunities that I'll have coming up soon. Take care.